Are you a bride chilla or groom chilla? Spend 30 minutes with Bride Chilla podcast host Alicia and you will be. So let's get planning. I'm probably over-promising that you will be instantly a bride chiller after 30 minutes of listening to this podcast, but I think you'll be in a better mind frame if you're feeling a little freaked out, if you're feeling a little stressed, then just spend some time with me and I will distract you from the madness that can sometimes be wedding planning and life in general. I am Alicia, the host of this great podcast. I like to do silly voices and... uh, maybe sound like an old lady. I like to do silly voices and help you plan your wedding. I'm really happy to be here today because I am procrastinating. Actually, this is not procrastinating. This is my business, uh, but I am supposed to be preparing for a dinner party, which makes us sound like it's Downton Abbey. We've just got another couple coming over for dinner. We don't entertain as much as we used to when we lived in Australia. We live in London where no one wants to go out anymore because it takes so long to get anywhere. So when you have events coming up and you're going to host people at your home, it turns into a major production because you really want to make it worthwhile because they've left their home out in the middle of fucking nowhere, which is really not nowhere. They're living in North London. We live in South London. But it's the equivalent of going from Melbourne to Queensland or from Florida to Canada. Like it feels like that. It's crazy. So I feel like there's a commitment to putting on a good shindig. So what am I choosing to do instead of, I don't know, setting a table or tidying or perhaps running a vacuum over the house? I am recording a podcast, which is great. And it makes me happy. See, what I do when I procrastinate is work. What does that say about me? I don't know. If you are new to the podcast, Thursday's episodes are Q&A episodes where I attempt to give you a different perspective on a problem. I don't necessarily always solve the problems. You don't have to take my advice, but I hope that as a virtual bridesmaid, I can give you a little bit of a a perspective that's outside of your family and friends because I know how hard it can be when you've got a problem and sometimes the problem includes the people that you would normally go and discuss the problem with, but then you can't because they're the problem. It's sometimes good to just call a total stranger and uh, leave a voice message and hopefully she, me, I and our community of bride chillers and groom chillers can help you out. That's what I do and it makes me very happy. And then after I do this, I will go and run a vacuum over the house. Rich will then put some lamb in the oven because we're doing Australian cuisine. We don't really have any cultural cuisine, so lamb is the best we can do. Right here, enough about me. Let's hear about you. And I do believe you is Jenny, who left me a delightful voice message. Hi, Alicia. I wanted to first thank you for your life and all you do. I got engaged a few months ago. Um, I'm a complete wedding scrub. I've never been a bridesmaid. I only went to one wedding when I was like eight. Um, I'm not one of those girls who've been dreaming of her wedding since she could think. Um, I had no idea where to start. So I found your podcast a few weeks ago. Um, You're my little pocket kangaroo that teaches me so much and relieves anxiety every day as I listen. So thank you. Thank you. Jenny, that is the perfect testimonial. Pocket kangaroo, I have never been called. It is now my thing. I'm taking it. And also, I loved your comment about not always dreaming about your wedding because I actually think what is the mould, is the glue that brings a lot of bride chillers together and my audience together is they aren't necessarily ladies and gents who have been fixated upon this idea of a wedding. And if they have... 
they've sort of come to this conclusion when they started planning the wedding that, oh, it's not all it's cracked up to be, or, oh, this is a bit more complicated than the Disney movies. So it's really nice of you to say that because I think a lot of people are in exactly the same boat. Anyway, um, I'm reaching out to you for your perspective on bridal parties. Um, There's so much information about what to do when your bridesmaids hate each other, what to buy them, how to coordinate who goes where, what to do if they fuck up. But I need help for how to even get bridesmaids in the first place when you're not the type of girl that's surrounded by other girls all the time. Now, I know I can do whatever I want. What I want is my wedding. But having a bridal party is pretty important to my groom, um, and I want to make him happy with a little bit of symmetry um, to at least have some people. So I'm going back and forth on who it's appropriate to even ask who makes sense, um, who I really want up there. It's like that Paul Rudd movie, uh, I Love You Man, except I'm a girl with no girlfriends. Um, It's important to me to have my brother stand up there with me, but that's all I've got so far, and he can't hold up my dress when I need to pee. Um, It's not that I don't have any friends who are girls, but I don't have any that I feel are close enough to place upon them the burden of feeling like they need to be at my beck and call uh, for a few months straight as we get closer to the wedding. It also just makes me feel weird asking people to do things for me. Um, I don't really have any desire to have a bridal shower or a bachelorette party, which makes me think it's okay to ask some of my girlfriends who aren't exactly my besties that I talk to every day, um, but that would probably be happy to stand up there with me. Um, So in your opinion, um, how close should a friend be for it to be appropriate to ask them to be a bridesmaid, considering I feel like I literally don't really want them to do anything but stand there by me in a pretty dress uh, that they pick? Um, How do I go about even asking them in the first place? When are you supposed to do that? Uh, How should I let them know what's not expected of them so they don't freak out? Um, I'm just really lost uh, where to start. Um, I also have a bonus question. Uh, We're inviting several friends who will need to travel a few hundred miles to get to our wedding if they decide to come. Um, We all know how much airfare costs, and even with group rates at hotels, a wedding is still an expense, and it's their time their whole weekend. Um, How do I, or should I even, go about letting them know um, that I literally just care about seeing their face, their presence as a present, etc.? Do I include that in their invitation? Do I wait for them to reply with a yes before I say anything? Um, I'm sorry if this message got too long. Uh, I really look forward to your help, and thank you again for your podcast. It's awesome. Bye. Jenny, you are awesome, and I love this question so much. I feel very connected with your question because I was in exactly the same situation. I didn't really feel very um, bridesmaidy, bridey, didn't really want to do all that stuff. I found it, I'm a bit of a tough nut, if you don't already know. I mean, like, no shit, Sherlock. Um, Don't really, for someone that likes the attention of doing what I do, I'm also quite, how do you put it? I'm quite an introverted extrovert if that makes any sense that I when I'm doing my professional stuff I like to get up and I perform and blah 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 but when I'm on my own I'm I'm an only child I'm very sort of contained in a lot of ways I love having company but I also like my own company I've got lots of friends but I'm in a similar position to you that my bridesmaids, they're really good friends, don't get me wrong, but I was not into the idea of having bridesmaids that fuss over me and that do all that stuff. So I basically said to the ladies, um, I would love you to be there on the day. And to be honest, we didn't have bridal parties stand up at the front of the uh, location where we got hitched. I don't know what was it. We courtyard area. Uh, we they walked in and they sat down and that was their job done. And we had photos with them. But other than that, 
they weren't, I just said, I don't really want a lot of burden, I suppose. And I know it wasn't a burden to them, but I know how much being a bridesmaid for some people can be annoying, (laughs) let's be honest, or can be, you know, one of those things they've got to really plan ahead and think a lot about all the different facets of activities and all these sort of things. Some people are absolutely delighted to do that. And it is a pleasure for them to organize things and to create a big uh, hoo-ha about everything. And it, it really depends on who the bride is and who the bridesmaids are and what their normal situation is and the expectations of the day. So when it comes to you picking people, I think it's great to pick some gals that you have a good time with, that you love, that you have fun and laugh with, and maybe straight up say to them, look, I don't want all that stuff. I just want you to be there on the day and support me. And maybe we have some drinks before, uh, you know, if you don't want to have a, a shower, maybe you have a hens or a bachelorette, or maybe you just go for dinner somewhere like I did. Just make it your own thing. I think the Bride Chiller podcast, if you learn anything from this, is the fact that we need to take the power back when it comes to weddings and do whatever the fuck we want to do. And that comes from the perspective of going, if you want to have eight bridesmaids and you want to have them all dressed the same and you want to have 20 different activities beforehand, great. Enjoy it. It is your wedding. You can do whatever the bloody hell you want. So I think my first thing, or my whole thing is to say that you need to pick people that are on the same wavelength as you. And then you just need to be honest with them that if they've been a bridesmaid before, it might be a bit different with your wedding because, you know, dot some points down. Here are the things that I'd like to share with you, but I'm not really into all the froof or I want you to pick your own dress. I just think if you present your ideas and expectations with the get-go, you will be in a far better position to pick people that get it and they know what the vibe is. I think that goes for any anyone participating in your wedding. If you don't tell them what you expect of them, and that doesn't mean going, right, here's my list of shit that I expect from you. It's more just going, I am not into going away on a very expensive bachelorette or I would love to go away on a very expensive bachelorette. I mean, it's completely up to you. But I think it's communication, it's being honest, and it's just really focusing on what is important to you. And if being with just a great group of gals or guys, I love that you're having your brother involved, is all you want to do, then cut the fat, cut all the other shit out of it, and just have a nice time. The other thing you asked was a question about when you should, uh, how you should communicate to friends who are traveling. I think it's always nice just to say, to say exactly what you said, your presence is my pre- your your presence is our present, your present, a present, and I do think that people, some people feel that they must bring a gift or that they must contribute to a bridal registry or something. Sometimes it's just impossible to get them to not do that, and I think if they really want to go out of their way to contribute and be a part of it, I think that's fine. I don't think you can stop people from doing it if they want to contribute, fine. I think in terms of communicating with them, and this goes for anyone saying that they don't want gifts, you always get people that will bring a gift and you go like, just that's nice, but sometimes it's annoying if you were traveling uh, and they are traveling and they're carting around crockpots. Do people still buy crockpots? I don't know. 
that's a bit of a cliche. But I do think it's just wait. It's a matter of waiting to see if they RSVP because then you don't want to say, by the way, we don't want gifts. And then they say, we're not coming. But now they feel obliged to give you a gift. So I think it's just wait, see if they're going to come. And then maybe you could, if you don't want to put it in their invitation, you could just say, look, we're just stoked you're coming. So leave the elder gift basket at home. We're just happy to see your faces. I think you're doing very well. I think you just need to focus and uh, do what you want to do. Thank you for your lovely voice message. I'm going to use that pocket kangaroo testimonial all the time. It's amazing. Next message comes from the lovely Suze. She's in the United Kingdom. Hello, Suze. I got engaged to my lovely fiancé James in May, uh, the day before my 30th birthday. We've been together for eight years. Um, He's a northerner, I'm a southerner. Um, And this weekend I went to London to the national wedding show with three of my seven bridesmaids. Yes, I have seven. I love my friends. Uh, (laughs) um, And I have to be honest and say that I was expecting it to be pretty grim. Um, but actually, I loved it. I had an amazing day. I tried on a lot of dresses. Some of them were fucking gross. Some of them were really, really nice. And I got a really good idea of the kind of thing that I think I might like. Um, and I've decided probably to have a, have a smoke dress if I can afford it. I have two years to save, so hopefully I can do that. Um, but the reason that I decided to leave you a message now is because... I just wanted to say um, for any other people, brides, grooms, bride chillers, groom chillers out there who are like me, quite averse to some of the bullshit around weddings. I'm thinking specifically chair covers and little wooden hearts. Why are there so many fucking wooden hearts everywhere? I don't get it. Anyway, all of that stuff, all the wedding stuff, I'm really, really not into and neither is James. Um, but I was really pleasantly surprised by how caught up I was in all the excitement of it. Um, so I just wanted to say to any other people like me uh, who don't really like the, the frills, maybe some of the frills around weddings and the cliche stuff, um, try to have an open mind because I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I would. And actually, doing it with my bridesmaids there and also my mother-in-law-to-be, who's wonderful, um, I just had a really fun day. And I went to it with expectations that were quite different from what it was actually like. And I loved it. And now I feel really, really, really excited. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to uh, planning, although I'm also quite daunted. So thank you for your wonderful podcast, which... I discovered quite recently and I'm uh, working my way through the back catalogue now. I love it Um, and I love you. So thank you and I hope that you enjoy this rather long message. (laughs) Okay, bye. Suze, I did enjoy the message. I know we all enjoyed the message and what a great story because I think the funny thing is I sometimes diss bridal shows and it's unfortunate because I actually really enjoy going to a lot of bridal shows. It's a place where most of the time people are pretty happy. I think it's the it's the skill of picking the right bridal show for you. For example, in London, there are a number of wedding shows and you sort of can get how do you say this nicely? There are the really big bridal shows that you go into and they're usually in some sort of pavilion. And I've talked about them before where you walk in and you just like, there are brochures and bits of pamphlets and gift bags just thrust at you and people don't give a shit. And to me, that's not really a way to attract business and to 
you know, connect with vendors that you are going to be doing, um, well, doing business with, but also sharing a really important day. I don't think it's very intimate. But then I've been to some great alternative indie bridal shows are really taking off smaller bridal shows, specifically when they're involved in like your, you know, an area, a physical area where you're going to get married. It's really nice to go and connect with vendors. So I totally, Suze, love that you went along with expectations that were completely different to what the outcome was because you gave it a go and you went there with an open mind. I know a lot of people have been to bridal shows with friends of who are getting married and perhaps you're a bridesmaid and you've been schlepped all over the place and that can also help form a different point of view perhaps to when you are there planning your own wedding so I say go along I always think it's a fun activity even if you don't learn anything it's fun to go and watch other people they're great people watching places Take some brochures, enter all the competitions. As we've said before, they're really good. If you go along with coin in your pocket, you can sometimes pick up some really good deals. People sell dresses, sample dresses sometimes. Sample, sample, I got all posh. And also, if you're very wily, as most of you are, 99.99%, that wasn't a real number, uh, you can do a little bit of pre-planning. And if you know, you can get a list of suppliers, people that are going to be, uh, I was going to say broadcasting, I've just got my mind in podcasting. People are going to be there having a little stall. What is the word I'm trying to think of? You're all at home going, eh, it's the word, you dummy, and I've forgotten it, uh, who are displaying whatever at this event. You can see the people that you want to go and talk to and possibly grab a good deal because I know a lot of vendors go along there and say, if you book with me today, I'll give you 10% off. Or if you book with me today, here's a free wedding album or something. So I'm not saying go and make big rash decisions and put money down on the spot. But if you know that there are people there that you've researched and you want to perhaps do business with or meet, these can be really good places to go and press the flesh Get some FaceTime with people. I sound like a bloody management, <laughs> some sort of management LinkedIn instructional video. Press the flesh. Get some FaceTime. And uh, you might be able to get a good deal. But I think, Suze, it's great that you had that feedback. And I'm delighted you enjoyed it. And I can't wait to hear more about your wedding planning. And I'm so happy that we found each other. Did I mention that the people that we are hosting this evening at our home are Italians? And we mostly just cook Italian food. And we both went, we can't, we cannot serve Italian food to Italians because ah, it just doesn't work. Uh, Ashley sent me a lovely email. She said, Alicia, I was a former bride chiller. Circa saved the date earlier this year. If you're new to the show, this show used to be called the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. And if you go back into the back catalogue, that is what you will hear. But I changed the name. And I'm very happy about it. She says, I contacted you about such things as bringing in an out-of-state photographer and incorporating traditional Italian folk dance into my reception. My wedding is only one week away. She's written that in capitals. Very exciting. Fun update. You suggested that I should be the one to lead the Italian folk dance. Yes, I did. Because I said, if you want to do it and it's your thing, then just make it happen. Learn a little bit of the steps, get everyone up. She says, I was a little concerned. And at the last minute, I discovered that a new friend of mine who I met just a month ago dances with a real live Italian folk dance troupe 
an hour away from the city that my groom Chella and I now live in. The dance troupe owner was nice enough to reteach me the steps, give me the choreography ideas, and share an MP3 of the music for me to use at the reception. This music is generally played by old men with accordions, not exactly something my DJ could pull off Spotify. Hilarious. So now I do feel confident to lead the pack. My groom Chiller was beyond excited when I showed him the steps. Don't worry, I also still use the term lady boner. Bride chiller love from Ashley. Well, Ashley, we all wish you the absolute best. I think by the time this goes to air, you may have just been hitched last weekend. So all the bride chiller love in the world. And I'm so happy that you took the plunge and you did the Italian dance because it's part of your heritage and culture. And I think so many people are stoked to be, uh, well, to witness something that they wouldn't see at other weddings or wouldn't have experienced before. And I think you leading in a traditional Italian dance is something I haven't heard a lot of people doing. And I know I'm always thrilled and Rich and I are always thrilled when we go to events where we are introduced to a new part of culture, a different culture that we haven't seen before that means something to the people that are hosting the event. It's fab. So I'm so happy. Thank you so much for the update, Ashley. I always love hearing from you after the fact, after, well, obviously you can become a Bride Chiller graduate and record a lovely voice message about your wedding because I know we all appreciate hearing updates and seeing where everyone gets up to. And uh, also, if you have a response to um, something that I've said on the show, all you need to do is leave me a voice message. Visit thebridechiller.com. You will see a little side box that says, leave Alicia a voice message. It doesn't say it like that. It just says, you want to leave a voice message. Just do it. And let me know. Give me feedback. As I always say, if you have an urgent inquiry, please make it known that it needs to be answered quickly. Like the next bride chiller who has asked to remain anon. Anonymous is what we would say. Which I think is wise if you think someone may be listening to this podcast and you think potentially that someone else that you want to talk about may be listening to this podcast, which is funny, which actually delights me secretly because I think, well, that's nice that there's a greater group of people listening, but also I want to be able to help everyone. So this is why this is anonymous. Hello, Alicia, please help. My partner recently proposed and I'm very excited to be a bride chiller. Whilst we are very excited to be getting married, my fiance's best friend recently announced he and his wife are separating about a month ago. How do we celebrate our good news whilst at the same time being very conscious of his feelings? So that's the first part of her question, and I thought it was just really coincidental, can't say, coinkydinky, um, that recently there was an article posted on A Practical Wedding, one of my favorite go-to wedding websites, not just wedding websites, life websites, really, um, by Laurel Fitzpatrick, and she uh, voiced, her, well, the, the title of the blog was Can I Survive a Wedding and a Divorce at the Same Time? And it's a great read. I'm going to link to it in the show notes today. It's one of those those perspectives that you don't get to read very much about because wedding blogs and podcasts, <laughs> I speak only for my own podcast. Actually, I retract that from that statement because I try and do speak about things that you wouldn't read in a wedding magazine all the time. But, you know, obviously a, a friend's divorce or someone close to you's divorce isn't something that they want to talk about too much because it doesn't really work for their business model of getting you to buy more shit. Oh, conspiratorial, conspiratorial, can't say it again. What's going on? 
I really enjoyed this article, but basically, I think you should go and read it, but it was basically uh, Laurel talking about how exactly the same sort of scenario, but in reverse, that she was very happy for a friend that got engaged, but at the same time, a couple of weeks down the track, her marriage started to fall apart, and she really had to try and get her mindset into gear and be really happy for her friend, but also going through a divorce and having this sort of really hard emotional time can be can be really hard to sort of go through while your friend is entering this this sort of stage of joy. So when I read your message at Miss Anonymous, uh, I was like, oh man, that's I've just read this article. So I'll be really happy to share it with everyone. But I think from your perspective is I don't think anyone's expecting you not to be happy and share your joy. And I think it's always just good to be mindful of how you do it. And that's not to say you have to hold back or be less joyous around, you know, this, this couple, but also I think it's just watching how they react and not being too rah, 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 um, and just being mindful of their feelings. Again, I don't think they would expect you to go, well, I don't want you to announce it. I don't want you to have an engagement party or anything like that. And it really obviously depends how close they are. I know you've said that, um, it's, your uh, fiance's best friend. So I think I'm feeling that, that, that they probably are pretty close. But saying that, if they're close, then I'm sure he, I'm assuming it's a he, um, will be happy for you guys and loves you and wants the best for you too. So I think you can only be just mindful and be aware and go about your business as you would normally do and uh, read that article. It's great. I'm linking today. She also says, uh, also, I was recently asked to be in my friend's wedding. We have been friends since we were teenagers, and initially I was really excited to be her bridesmaid. However, however, recently she has become overbearing. All we all we talk about is weddings. It's obsessing over her weight, and recently she told me I should lighten my hair color. Oh, dear. When I tried to resist... And she says, I have finally returned to my hair in its natural state after years of colouring. She said she was sure I would be willing to have my hair lightened to match the rest of the bridesmaids on the day. Oh, dear. That's not good. Also, okay, so she's now asking, also, what's the protocol for paying for my outfit? This is a weird question because it differs everywhere. Our bridesmaids' dresses, which I will never wear again, are $700, not to mention matching shoes, which are $400. Christ. Our dresses are floor length plus jewellery. Whoa. I did suggest renting bridesmaids dresses, but the bride would not go for it. I love her. I love my friend. But how can I point out her behavior is unacceptable. Wow. This is this is going to be a challenging one. Do I just grin and bear it, knowing it will make her happy and it is her day? With some months to go before her wedding, I'm really worried because she's becoming more and more demanding. Much love, Miss Anonymous. Okay, so Miss Anonymous, I feel like a lot of people are in the similar situation because people turn into, some people can turn into mini tyrants when it comes to their weddings. And I feel like she would do well listening to this podcast. And, uh, well, this is why I suppose you're anonymous. I think you should subtly send her a link to the Bride Chiller podcast and get her to calm the fuck down and realize that it's just one day. 
The dress thing is an interesting question. I know it differs from country to country. Sometimes I speak to people and they're like, ah, of course they're paying for their own dresses. And then you hear other people saying, um, absolutely not. I'm paying for everything. So I think it depends where you are. I think it also relies completely on the bride and uh, groom, I suppose, as a duo, but if it's the bride's decision. If you are in a situation where you're asking your bridesmaids, your maid chillers to buy a dress, then I think you should be aware of everyone's financial situations. I don't mean asking for bank statements or being asking, can you afford it in front of a group? I think it's just being aware that $700 is a fuck ton of money for any dress, let alone a dress that you will never wear again. So I feel a bit sad for the bride that she sort of thinks that that's okay to ask her friends to pay that sort of money. And I think it's very hard when you're in the situation you're in now, and clearly she's only a couple of months off getting hitched. I sort of think the grin and bear, although it's sort of absolutely against everything I believe in, you've got the dress, you've paid the money, it sucks beyond belief. But what what is there to do now to be able to shit stir? Oh, is that is that bad? It's probably bad I'm saying that because I think it's good to have a chat and say, I think you're being, you need to chill out. I think you need to relax. I'm worried about you. And I do think you need a Dr. Lindsay Beerer sort of stance where you come in as a concerned person, not as a person that is saying you are being a douchebag. You need to be going, I'm worried that you are really stressing out because you're not behaving the way I, you know, some of your behavior seems a little not like you. So I think if you can go into it and not be accusatory, uh, it would be good, but also just pick your moments and pick your battles. If you're this close to the wedding and she's being a jerk, at least you can say, you're a bride chiller. You're listening to this show. You're a part of an awesome community. And if she wants to be a bit of an a-hole, I feel sorry for her. There it is. Hey, Alicia, this is Sarah. I am a bride chiller in the Midwest region of the United States. My wedding is now under a month away, and I am doing a lot of finalizing and a lot of uh, timetable schedule planning, and that's all really exciting, but I'm kind of stuck on my reception timeline. Um, I'm getting married at a zoo, which is uh, really fun, and one of the packages that uh, my room and I have added on to our reception is to have zookeepers roaming the reception hall with small live animals like um, turtles and chinchillas and fun things like that. So I'm looking for a place to put that within my reception and I wasn't sure whether it should go during like the toasts and first dance and parent dances um, because that's when kids are kind of restless. They're not really doing anything. There's nothing to do. They have to kind of sit still. But then I thought, well, that would probably detract from what is actually going on and what people should be paying attention to. And then I thought, well, I could put it later, but then we're also doing things like cake cutting and the dollar dance and uh, the shoe game and things like that. So I want to get some feedback and some advice on planning out the flow of the reception, how to make it uh, fun and engaging for guests, but also not overloaded. So um, I look forward to hearing from you and uh, wish me luck in these last couple of weeks of planning. Happy days. Thanks. Bye.
Sarah, what a fun idea. I love it so much. Wandering around with little animals. Oh my God. Sorry about your ears. Um, That's fabulous. I think you're very mindful and it's good to see that you're thinking about the flow because I think a lot of people just say, okay, we arrive, we sit down, we eat dinner, there's some speeches, there's some music, we dance, everyone goes home. And really, you know, when we've been to weddings, we realize in any sort of event, it doesn't even have to be a wedding, that there is always sort of a lull in things and it's good to be able to fill that lull with some sort of activity, music, color, movement, explosions. Hopefully not explosions, unless you pay a lot of money for them. So I think the idea that you were thinking about when the animals appear, especially if you've got kitties at your wedding, to keep them amused is great. I do agree with you. Between speeches is sometimes good. Depends when your food service is. Remember, you've got to give people time to actually eat the food. I'm always a bit in two minds about speeches when people are eating because I don't think people are focused. I know you're not asking me about this, but I'm just going to go on a quick tangent. Is that, you know, you're eating, they're talking, there's no really connection with the person. There's all that clang, clang, I haven't got any clang, 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 noises. It doesn't really work. But I do think if you have some time in between um, a DJ or a band coming on, or you have time between a first course and um, dessert, sorry, the main course and dessert, that the animals would be a really fun distraction. I think one thing is if they're going to be, people are going to get up and touch them and do all that sort of stuff. You've just got to give time to get everyone back in their seats if this is going to be in between a certain event, you know. So I think you're on the right track. It's just a matter of looking at the systems that you've put in place. Have you got an MC or a host that will be able to gather the crowds if they're getting up and touching the chinchilla? I mean, I would be putting the chinchilla in my handbag. That's what I would be doing. Bloody hell. You would lose me for the whole night. I'd be happy to be at a wedding, but I also want to touch all the gorgeous small animals. If a meerkat could be arranged to be there, I would lose my mind. Oh, I love meerkats so much. So much that for my 30th birthday, Rich purchased a surprise for me at Melbourne Zoo where we got to go in to the meerkat pavilion and we got to sit down and they put a towel on our, our laps and they put, I think it was maggots or something. It was pretty disgusting, like little bugs. Maybe it wasn't maggots, but it was. And then the meerkats jumped up and they ate the, the grubs or whatever they were and they looked up at us and they're the smallest, cutest little things. I lost my mind and the, the zookeeper's like, don't touch the meerkats. And I'm like, you can't ask me. You can't sit me down and put a manky towel on my lap and have meerkats run all over my lap and not let me just touch them a little bit. So I touched them and it was just the best birthday present ever. Ah, meerkats. So look, I think you've done, Sarah, it's a great decision. I think getting married at a zoo is quite lovely too. If you're animal people, get involved. Congratulations and good luck in the next couple of weeks because I think your wedding is coming very soon. Look, I'm on a roll. I'm going to keep going for a couple more minutes. I hope that's okay with you. I have an urgent message from Gabby who is getting married in eight weeks in South Africa and uh, she says they've organized everything from the United Kingdom. They arrive eight days before, which would stress most people out. But actually, she says they've had the best time organizing from far away. Well, congratulations, because that's a hardcore activity. And South Africa to England is a big, big trip. Um, She said we've got family and friends helping us plan the wedding. And they've been, most for the most part, pretty awesome. One thing we are struggling with is invitations. I've sent out the save the dates 
ages ago, around July. If you were listening to this in real time, we're in October. So, yeah, she sent out the save the dates in July. October is where we are at, and she's getting hitched in eight weeks' time. So she says, uh, I'm struggling. I have sent out the save the dates, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I have been, I'm not blah, blah, blahing you. I'm blah, blah, blahing me reading ahead. <laughs> I'm struggling with what information to include in the invitations. I've seen plenty of suggestions like food preferences, a map, music choices. But I'm wondering if you have any suggestions on must-includes like dress codes. I'm not sure if you have an episode already, so please point me in the right direction. But a guideline would be great. Okay, I don't have an episode specifically about the wording of invitations. I'm going to add that to my list. But just discreetly and quickly, uh, I will say that I think, you know, dress codes are only really necessary if you think, if you're having a black tie wedding and you don't want someone turning up in jeans. I think it's fun. You know, I think we wrote dress to party or dress jazzy or something like that. I think a lot of people find it hard to tell people what clothes to wear. And I don't think you need to see it in that sort of you know, that sort of vibe. But it is important if you have specific expectations of what sort of, you know, if it's a fancy dress or something, obviously you've got to tell them. Um, And I think the invitation to me always is how you convey the style and vibe of your wedding. So it always freaks me out when people have like fancy invitations with swirly writing and then it's like a casual backyard wedding. And this is no diss. I'm just saying it can be quite confusing as a guest to receive this sort of invitation and then go, oh, I could have worn jeans. Uh, so I do think whatever you choose, you need to pick a tone and go with the theme. Obviously, you've been planning your wedding for ages, so you know that the theme of how it's going to be. But I always just think, just reflect on how you want someone to go, oh, okay, this wedding is a jazzy evening. I keep saying jazzy, don't know why. A cocktail. It's going to be a jazzy cocktail night, so I'll probably wear a cocktail dress. So I don't think you need to be, it's not demanding, but it's also just going, let people feel comfortable in choosing their clothes to make sure that their clothes fit the vibe of the night so they feel happy. And they're not turning up wearing a ball gown when you are wearing jeans. Rich just crept in here because he didn't want to make noise. Say hello. Hello. Shh, very quiet. (laughs) He's been lurking, not creepily. A little creepily in the background because he didn't want to make too much noise when I was talking. Now he's just going to make a lot of noise because that's what. Oh, yeah, you're right. What? Huh? What's going on? I'm in. I'm. I am answering Gabby's question. All right. She says another problem we are having, and probably why I am delaying, is the guest list. I'm from a big family, and rig- originally my mum's guest list alone was over our whole venue's capacity. What? We had narrowed it down by creating an A and a B list. Good. That is very bride chiller. We sent out our save the dates to A-listers alone, secretly hoping some wouldn't be able to make it. But everyone has decided to come. Of course. I now feel really bad for those who that didn't make it into my that didn't make it in, and my mum is putting some pressure on me to still invite some people from her list. Actually, going as far to invite them because in conversation I said, of course, I'd like to have them there. So do you think, have, do you have any tips that might be able to help people uh, invite someone if you have set capacity? We've already decided to have the kids picnic. Our venue is on a farm, so that works well. Instead of having them at the main tables to take some of the space. My mum has suggested inviting people to just the church, but I think that's a bit rude. Any ideas? Do people normally pull out at the last minute? Is there any way to measure that? 
at a loss for solutions. So sorry. Just wanted to say thank you for your help. Your podcasts have kept me sane through all this. Happy days, Gabby. Gabby, here's the thing. Mum needs to holler down. She needs to take a chill pill and relax. It's not her wedding, it's yours. So I like that she's king as beans, but also if you want bums on seats, they want to be bums that you know and love. And maybe you love all the people on your mum's list. I don't know. But she needs to relax. I think the kid's picnic idea is fabulous because that means that you can clear seats. Their little bums can be outside at a picnic table. I think everyone should steal that. It's a great idea. I don't know who's chaperoning those kids. Good luck. So I think you need to be very mindful of having these conversations in front of your mum. She's probably in South Africa, I'm assuming. Don't know. But you, I think sometimes with parents, you give them enough, you know, I want to say if you give them enough, what's what am I trying to say? Rope. Rope. But that sounds a little, little that sounds a bit off. But you know, if you give them too much power, it goes to their heads is what I'm trying to say. So I think with your mum, and this is a very big general piece of advice, when you invite the parents in to be helping out, just be mindful of how much they think they're going to be doing. Always very good general advice because sometimes people like to get a bit giddy with power. Give an inch and they take a mile. Thank you. Rich just said, give an inch and they take a mile. So, look, I think, Gabby, you need to just put your foot down and say, look, the venue can physically only take this amount of people. And, yes, it sucks sometimes not being able to delve into the B-list, but that's what the B-list is all for. The B-list, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I've got numerous episodes about guest list measuring, guest list managing, and doing it without losing your marbles. I think you should definitely go back and listen to those episodes. And also just think a little bit about, you know, ultimately who who you want there on the day. Not think a little bit. That should be your primary focus. Do people drop out? Yes, unfortunately, maybe fortunately for you. It is interesting to see uh, at the moment my lovely cousin Belinda, you know, we're going over to her wedding in Hawaii in a couple of like three weeks, losing my mind. So happy. And, you know, they've, they've got a destination wedding, so they've lost a couple of people recently. And I think she's finding it quite frustrating because in their circumstance, you know, they're asking for people to travel, but also people are dropping out now and we should assume that they should have already booked their flights and accommodation. So I think in one way you go, well, you're dropping out. Are you cancelling a whole trip or were you never intending to come? And that's what we're, you know, discussing and finding quite frustrating because ultimately, you know, she was sort of saying, well, she's cool with people not coming. It's just how they communicate that. And also, were they always not intending to come? It's quite frustrating, and I think that's you know true for so many couples who are planning weddings and who have tight timelines, who have tight, um, you know, they've paid deposits on the amount of people they think is coming, and then people drop out. And also, you've got a cutoff. Sometimes, for most venues, it's about a month when you have to pay money, and so this is your final numbers. Sometimes venues are very generous and say just pay your final numbers in the, the weeks before, but you don't want to be paying um, money on people that aren't going to show up to your wedding. I don't know if that's helped. I hope it has. I'm really happy, Gabby, that you are on the two-month countdown. Sarah, your wedding is coming up soon. Oh, gosh, it's been it's been charming spending this time with you. A longer Q&A today, but I really had a lot to say. I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you for all the messages of support about our upcoming app. It is being built right now. Oh, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed it will arrive prior to Christmas. That's all we want. 
and uh, we are very delighted that people have sent words of congratulations and also saying that they're happy to pay a small subscription fee to be a part of it and that just warms both of our hearts because it's been a big passion project and we've just been trying to think of a way to monetize this baby and just get a little of an income because it's my second job which I do with love but uh, we want to be able to call it a business not a hobby there it is honesty is where I'm at transparency is where I'm at and that's where you're at as a bride chiller and groom chiller thank you so much for your support and love getting in touch if you have anything to ask if you have tips to share we love it we love hearing from you Weezy and I and Rich visit thebridechiller.com for more information until next week happy days happy days 